Welcome to episode 34 of Unsween and Unfiltered. I hope everyone's enjoying our episode with the Dearborn Girl because I love that episode. I loved meeting them. I feel like we're moving from like my apartment out into the world and I feel like we're like graduating. Do you know what I mean? We are graduating, but have you also noticed, I feel like there's like a shift in the conversations we talk about and how we talk about them. I feel like this is a podcast that I've been wanting, which is like more conversational, just like a bunch of girls just discussing things that really affect us. I think we're getting more comfortable behind the mic and that's why we're just like, like I said, graduating. We're just like improving with every episode. How often do you, when I come over your house, Dana, every time we're about to Skype a guest, I'm like, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous because of the technology, everything that goes behind the scenes and everything. You didn't hear me say that today. And I think we are at that point where we've finally got into the swing of things and we are more comfortable and we're getting more comfortable with our guests and vice versa our guests are the same way like I feel like people are believing more in us not that they haven't from before but I think our intentions are now like really coming up on the surface and they're very clear and people know what we're all about but again shout out to the Dearborn girls I feel like there are long lost cousins and it was such a good time and it was it was nice and I think that's what I want to do more often Zaina like actually getting out into the world yeah it's it's awesome that we get to talk to these women a lot of them through skype every week but it's really a different experience having that like face-to-face interaction with people like i feel like a lot of us are so used to like the digital world and hiding behind screens but really getting out and meeting people on the surface like i live for that i have so much to say about that but i know we have an episode dedicated to just social media and our mental health and i know i talked to you like behind the scenes about how overwhelming how overwhelmed I feel when it comes to the social media world, but it's like the world we live in now, but what can we do about it? But again, this is a whole different (laughs) topic of conversation for another episode. But on today's episode, we have Shireen, who is the writer behind Dear Shireen. She actually graduated with her master's in counseling and she's an experienced life coach. So it's the best of both worlds for us here. Um, She started as a sophomore in her undergrad and then she later went on to get certified through a program run by her university. And a lot of what she writes and which is why we were able to relate is from her experiences anything that she's dealt with she was able to just put it on paper and just discuss it with her followers so she came up with dear shireen five years ago and it was inspired by her love for diaries growing up i don't know have you ever had a diary zaina i did and <laughs> Me like too. It, they weren't really like diaries that i would write in every day but like whenever i was feeling a certain way i'd like jot things down and then once I got my laptop, it was all on my laptop. Yeah, but when I had a diary and you have two sisters that share a room with you, it was kind of hard to keep that safe. Uh, yeah. So they and come on, there's a lock on there, but clearly you can find the key and yeah. <laughs> but in the ones from Claire's. Yes. Like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, so you know what? I had a diary, but it wasn't it was very short lived. I realized like I'll just keep the thoughts to myself because my <laughs> sisters were just like brutal, but they're hilarious. I mean, I was guilty of doing the same to them yeah. too, so I can't talk. But basically, going back to Shireen, um, she started Dear Shireen five years ago, and it was inspired by her love for, like like I said, diaries growing up, but it's because there was also like that Dear Abby column in the newspaper. Sometimes we can relate to it, sometimes we can't, but now yeah. we have our own Dear Abby, which is Dear Shireen. So basically, when she was eight years old, she was so inspired by like the Dear Abby column, and she wanted to just start advising people, and it became like the soundtrack of her life from an early age, and that's crazy. At eight years old, she wanted to do that. I love that because you don't hear that often Mm -hmm. and the fact that she knew from the get-go what she wanted to do and how she wanted to help people that's awesome that's yeah 
you guys can tell how experienced she is. Yeah. I mean, yes, she started when she was eight, but if you can hear her in today's episode, mashallah, like she knows what she's talking right about. Right away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes you take times to time to think about certain things. No, she had the answer mm-hmm. for everything, mashallah. And Shireen is somebody that I think you guys are gonna see more of her on our podcast. Absolutely. We are gonna invite her often. Um and the thing is because I feel like we can ask her questions that you guys have and we want this to become a little bit more personable. So if you guys have any questions, anything that's anonymous, I think we're gonna relay it back yeah. to Shireen. And- we're gonna figure something out and we kind of touched base on that today where like you guys did send in questions i feel like today's episode is really like just one long unfiltered advice segment yeah like she was answering your questions and she gave incredible answers like not just like generic like oh i'm a life coach i'm gonna tell you no she really got into it it was basically not the live love laugh type of thing it was deep into it and we do discuss a lot of things we discuss losing a friendship we discuss losing a marriage losing a loved one just how grieving to move on in general from, yes grieving in general how do you move on from any toxic type of relationship what do you do how do you not bring in like the past issues from your previous relationship into your present relationship girls this is a really really good episode and we try to answer as many of your guys's questions but like i said if your question was not answered we're gonna bring back shireen inshallah Absolutely. and we're definitely gonna you know ask her those questions as well because i feel like i have so much more to say you know what i mean but today's episode is a really good one i really hope you guys enjoy it and as always you guys before we jump into this episode make sure you guys stick around for our unfiltered afterthoughts so you guys can hear our opinion on what we just discussed ready to dive in zana let's do it Hello, Shireen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Before we dive in, um, how about you give our listeners a little insight as to who you are? First of all, I wanted to thank you guys for having me on here. It's totally my pleasure and you guys are amazing. As for who I am, I'm Shireen and I am the creator of Dear Shireen. It's an advice column, inspirational hub, words of motivation that are meant to find you when you need them the most. And they come from my background as a counselor and also a life coach. I have been a life coach for over 10 years now, and I've been counseling for quite a while now as well. And it's just something that I really enjoy doing. So I figured I'd carry it on into social media as well. I love that. I love seeing women like you actually dive in when it comes to like mental health and issues like this because it's something that our community is extremely lacking in so I kind of just want to dive in and get into the meat of it let's talk about grief I feel like this is something that we've spoken about and it's something that a lot of women are dealing with and they don't know how to deal with their grief they don't know what outlets to turn to so let's discuss the stages of grief let's start with that So uh, grief is actually more than one thing, right? Uh, Grief is loss. And it's not just the loss of a person, you know, physically. It's also the loss of a relationship or the loss of anything, really, uh, that has some value to you. So that's grief, right? And grief comes in different stages. Everyone grieves completely different than one another. So there's really a lot to talk about when it comes to grief. I feel like grief also is interlaced with anger. Do you agree with that, Shireen? Do you feel like sometimes there, like you said, there are stages and layers to it. And I think when I, when I go through grief, the first stage that I go through is anger. Actually, I think I go through in denial, then I go through anger. And is that normal? Of course, that's absolutely normal. You know, any emotion that you feel when you're grieving is absolutely okay and it's absolutely normal. 
it should not be dismissed. You're angry, you're angry for a reason. But what's most important is to understand why am I feeling the way I do? Um, what's making me feel angry? And to kind of understand your emotions so that you come to accept your grief. And I think the first stage of grief, this is in human terms, this isn't even in counseling terms, is accepting the grief, accepting that it happened because oftentimes we're in denial when something happens, right? Uh, when we lose someone, whether it's just a, a relationship or even something like a pencil that's valuable to you, you can grieve that pencil. I grieved a pencil in the second grade and I still remember that pencil. And I also grieved my dad. And that was a severe grief because he passed away. And I like that you showed us the, the different spectrum that you can be on when it comes to grief. It could be something as small as losing a pencil, which I can relate. I, when I lost my Lisa Frank folder <laughs> in, in my middle school or, or in my like elementary school, that was grief for me. Mm -hmm. And then, yes, coming to now where you lose your grandparents or you lose your parents and stuff like that, that's, that's a whole different grief, but it's still grief. How about we start with the loss of a friendship? I think some people don't realize that, yeah, that's also a part of grieving when you lose a friendship. Because it's a part of you. I mean, that person is essentially a part of you so that's a relationship right and you spend however long building a relationship um, you invest your time uh, you invest your effort you invest your happiness you invest your emotions and sometimes the relationship ends over time right um, where you just stop connecting you disconnect and it slowly turns into like an acquaintanceship and Sometimes you remain acquaintances and sometimes it just disappears or it's like abrupt, right? Something causes it and the friendship ends. And either way, it's it's heartbreaking and it hurts. Even if it's mutual, it's agreed upon, it, it affects you. And, and the way I see it when you're grieving in that sense, you're getting someone out of your system. It's as if they're coming out of your bloodstream, you know, like you kind of, you had conversations with them daily and you pump them into your system, right? And now you're going from the conversations and hanging out to not having them around. And and that does fall into one of the stages of grief that's kind of like having them physically there. They're no longer physically there. So it's a loss and it hurts. It really does. And I think when it comes to a friendship that's toxic, I think maybe that's one of the main reasons why people kind of you know, end a friendship. But why do you think sometimes, I know you just said it, but sometimes it's very hard to even get rid of a toxic friendship when you know it's not right for you. Do you think that maybe we're a little scared that these people hold the deepest, darkest secrets of our lives? Or I think there's even just more to it. You know, that's a really good question. But I think you become comfortable with someone and sometimes you become comfortable with thorns because um, that's what you know. You become a rose that's like stuck with the thorns, but you're comfortable with that, right? And you're okay with that. And you have to teach yourself to not be okay with that. And that leads to some discomfort. So you're friends with someone that's toxic. That might not be good for you, uh, but you're used to it. You're used to it. So why would you undo something you're used to? It's scary to go into the unknown, even if the unknown is much better for you. It's all about routine, I think. Like it just becomes a part of our life. Like how do we let go of something that's been in our life daily, who's been with us since middle school, elementary school? Like that's a hard thing to let go of. But like you said, sometimes the unknown is better for us. How do we like make that push? How do we like say like, you know what? I have to put my foot down. Like I can't take this anymore. You know, either you can do baby steps, you could do cold turkey, whatever way you take, but it's initially by force. You got to force yourself. You got to make yourself do it. And, uh, you know, I could 
give you a motivational talk and tell you, you can do it. You know, you got this, but it has to come from within. And initially it's force. You got to force yourself to take the stuff. I agree. It was, it was uh, maybe a year ago that I was cleaning out my room and obviously everybody has one of those boxes that holds like notes and memorabilia from when you were younger and everything. And I came across this note between me and an ex friend. And this was somebody that I was really, really close with. And I remember like gradually we started growing apart, but it was in a toxic way that we were growing apart. It was just, I felt like she was changing and I think maybe she vice versa. She probably felt that I was changing too. And when I look back at the snow, I was like, there was just so many red flags in this friendly note between us but it was a lot of jokes that were more so jabs and you don't realize that when you're younger and like you said you befriend these thorns you think but she's my friend it's okay this is funny just take it with a grain of salt when I looked yeah when I looked back at that I was like no but this was not a healthy friendship for her to say the certain things that she did in the note you know and where I'm getting at is sometimes I don't even think looking back now looking where she is now in her life and where I am now I don't think she's a bad person I don't think she was a bad person at all but when do we realize that sometimes, you know, we can't take it personally, maybe this person's going through something. And I feel like throughout her life, she did go through things. And maybe we shouldn't take it, like I said, personally, how can you differentiate between a friend that's just really bad, and maybe a friend that's actually going through something behind closed doors, and this person's not ready to open up to you? You, you have an instinct, and you should use that instinct to your benefit. Why does your instinct exist if you're ignoring it, right? And I think the closer you become with yourself, the more you're able to know. So go back to the root of it. You really need to develop a relationship with yourself that's strong in order for you to be able to understand that or you're going to hit red lights and it's inevitable. We all go through it, right? We all go through trial and error and it happens. Sometimes you can't control it and sometimes it has to happen and it's a lesson for you to learn. So how to prepare yourself? You can't fully prepare yourself. You have a better instinct when you're closer to yourself than you do when you're kind of your own acquaintance. And I, I guess I would say that giving people the benefit of the doubt from the get-go is important and not fully occupying yourself and fully investing yourself in someone else when you should be investing in yourself instead. And it's not selfish. It's important for you to have invested in yourself and have a positive relationship with yourself so that you're able to have positive relationships with people or kind of not have a relationship with them at all because they're toxic for you. Yeah, and I, and I like that you said give people the benefit of the doubt because you never really know what people are going through. But I also think we do have to watch out for those red flags and those constant things that we're writing off. Like for me, I'm at the point in my life where I just don't want to be confrontational. I don't want to argue like I'm just going to let it go. But I feel like that's bad for me. I think that's something that I need to work on. Like I need to say like, hey, you know what, like, that's got to stop. I don't like that. But I'm at that point where I'm just like, I'm just so tired from everything. I'm tired from work. Like, I don't want to go and I don't want to get into things. But I do think that like writing down these red flags or keeping a mental note of them is something that we have to be aware of because constantly writing off other people's negativities and, and, and their faults isn't going to, I think, sit well with your soul. You need to balance out the pros and cons as well in a relationship and see if, if someone has more pros than they do cons then you should be able to discuss their cons with them, communicate, and not just communicate. I read this somewhere and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Comprehend. You guys could communicate as much as you want, but if they're not comprehending a thing you're saying, then what's the point in communicating it, right? So when there are more pros and cons, you should be able to communicate and tell them, hey, you know, you're doing this and it kind of makes me uncomfortable. 
Uh, relationships are meant for you to communicate. They're not meant for you to beat around the bush or to be resentful. Absolutely. And this is a great point that you made, Zaina. But like looking back, I think also friendships are a reflection of who you are at that moment in life. When I look back and who I was in my maybe high school, college years, I craved having a lot of friends. And that was the thing to be sociable, to go out with everybody, to be friends with every type of clique and group. And at the end of the day, I would go home, but I would feel empty. But now at my age, at the age of 30, I have a very small, small, small circle of friends. And I'm okay with that. And I'm very happy with the friends that I have because looking at them, they are a reflection of me. And I'm proud that they are my friends because I I do believe in you are who you hang out with. You are who you surround yourself with. So I think that's something that we also need to address the quality over quantity. I think that's also important when it comes to having friends. You don't need a hand in every group or you know what I mean? You just need that small click of girls. For sure. And, but I think that's like easier said than done, right? And, and people have to go through that to learn, uh, to, to understand that, hey, uh, I need quality friends, not quantity. And I think that happens with trial and error. You, like you said, you have these friendships that you think might last, you know, and, and then you go separate ways. It, you aren't compatible with one another. You guys might both be great, but not great for one another, right? But I do think that with time, as you get older, it's inevitable for you to have less friends, a smaller circle. As you mature, you can get older and not mature, but as you mature, you'll have a smaller circle of friends that mean more to you, right? And you'll stick to them. And I think a lot of that has to deal with maturity as well. Like I said, mature. When you mature, you have less friends. You have quality friends rather than quantity friends. No, that's such a great point, Shereen, because that's what I was trying to get at. Like from my high school days to who I am today, I mean, a whole 10 years has passed and it takes a while for you to really be comfortable in the skin that you're in and know who you want to surround yourself with. But it does start with you. You are the foundation. So you can't just rely on your friends to help you get to the point where you want to be. It takes takes time and it's up to you to self-reflect and love yourself to um, the point where you know who to surround yourself with. And we will get to that point of self love i know we had a great discussion on the phone about that so that's also a great topic somebody um had a question um we're going to keep our listeners anonymous but she has an issue with her friends where sometimes they exclude her from hangouts what are your thoughts on this how can she navigate this does it require a conversation where does she stand with a friendship like that where they do exclude her from hangouts i'm very direct when it comes to communicating and i believe in direct communication right because I don't want anything to get lost in conversation or sorry, lack of conversation. So I'll, I'll directly say, Hey, what's up? What's going on? And I'm known for starting my conversations with what's up. And that what's up means a lot, right? Cause I get things out within the first few minutes. If you're feeling that way, you're clearly resentful of your friends at this point because they're not inviting you and it's on your mind and it's probably on your mind more often than it should be when it's bothering you. So you should be direct and say, Hey, what's up? What's going on? Uh, I feel you know, I feel like you're not inviting me and it's making me feel this way. Is there a reason? And just get down to it. And I think you should do it when you're feeling composed as to not throw all your emotions into it because emotions are a good thing, but not everyone deserves your emotions. So you don't want to give them all your emotions. I like bottle things in and then I'll explode. And my husband says like, I'm like a bottle of, of a Coke. Like I keep just like put all this pressure. And at the end, I'm just like abrupt. And, and, and it's just like, I need to compose myself. Bef- yeah, more. it does. It really yeah. does. And he's like, you need to be vocal when you're feeling upset, whether it's something that I'm dealing with at work or at home or whatever. But you said something right now that was like, oh, like, why not have a conversation? And, and 
I, I, like I said, this is something that I'm dealing with as well, because I feel like, you know what, I don't want to be that person that's constantly nagging or constantly complaining. Like, um, they, you're not exactly. Nagging, and it's, you're inconveniencing yourself when you don't mention it. And you're, you're dealing with really negative and ugly emotions when you don't deal with it. And these emotions don't hurt them. They only hurt you. There is that Matt and regret. And those are really heavy emotions. So why would you keep them with you when you can kind of release them in a positive conversation where you say, hey, what's up? What's going on? How come you didn't invite me? Or is there a reason that you're forgetting to invite me? You could say it like that, right? If you want to keep it light. Hey, I think you forgot to invite me. Is there a reason? I'd love to be included. And just see what happens. That's a great question. There was another one about being friends with somebody who's jealous of you or there's a rivalry. I think that kind of goes hand in hand with the friendship that's toxic because I think that is a little bit toxic when you do have a friend that's jealous of you because you're supposed to surround yourself with people that are rooting for you. They're supposed to be your cheerleaders. You know what I mean? You don't want somebody that's jealous of you because that's also something that requires a conversation. But how about this, Shireen? When do you get to a point when, let's just say, a friend just disappears on you, they're just neglectful of you, you don't know what they're going through, but when do you stop reaching out to them to figure out what's going on if they're not reaching, like if they're not answering your calls or text messages? When do you just come to terms with what happened? So you know what? Leave the ball in their court and move forward. So you could directly say, send a message and say, hey, uh, I hope you're okay. I don't know what's up but I'm keeping you in my thoughts. Uh, whenever you want to reach out or speak to me, I'm available. And walk over that bridge, don't burn that bridge because you don't know what they're going through. That way you're keeping it light and you're not putting all the blame on yourself, which we often do, right? When something goes on or someone doesn't respond to us, we instantly think we're horrible people. And, and then you think about it and you're like, wait, I didn't do anything. What's the reason I'm feeling like this? And then later on, they might come out and say, hey, I was dealing with this, but... If you get mad at them and you burn that bridge, you're not giving them the opportunity, right? So if you directly say, hey, uh, I don't know what's up, uh, but please feel free to reach out to me, then you're walking over that bridge and you're letting them cross over if they're ready, when they're ready. But you also got to be ready for them to not respond. And you need to accept that. And I think accepting that will take time, but that's something you need to work on on your own. Now let's move on from friendships to like actual relationships like marriage or um, engagements and stuff like that. I feel like sometimes it's just so hard to let go of that part of your life because it was such a big part of your life. But how can we understand that like it was the right choice to walk away from a certain relationship especially when you know you've dodged a bullet I know a lot of girls feel that way that you're, you're walking away for a reason but why do you still feel that sense of like guilt that you should have held on? you're human and I think we forget and we think we have like these supernatural emotions that can conquer all and then you start shedding a few tears and you realize that you're human and it's okay to feel human and you know it's okay to grieve uh the loss of relationship for 30 plus years that happens grief is continuous right and it molds and transforms and it could turn into this positive journey for you but it's tough. Grief is tough. And, re and relationships ending, unless it's like this like amazing celebration, you know, where, where you'll find that people actually have like divorce relations, right? Where they're, you know, like celebrating the divorce, which is honestly not too common. Unless it's that, then the ending of a relationship is very, very difficult. And, and sometimes it's something that you just got to get through. And, and when I lost my dad, my friend mentioned that she said, get through uh, rather than get over it. And I was like, wow, that's pretty profound. And and I realized that even with relationships, I mean, like marriages or whatever it might be, something that you get through. 
and you simply just get through it and it's okay to have your down moments and and it's okay to kind of get upset over it 10 years later even if you're you're happily married but it's just the emotion and i guess the time you invested that you know you set and you remember it 10 years later and it bothers you a bit that's absolutely okay yeah i think sometimes we need to understand like the person that we want the most is the same person that you know it's better to be without how do we get to a point shreen because i do want to come back to the whole notion of moving through something getting through something then moving over it or moving on from it how i mean i know how because i like i told you it does take years to get to this point but how do you invite allah into your heart how do you manifest allah into your heart and understand that things happen for a reason and your heart should be reserved for allah that takes time and effort and that takes dedicating time to god right even with god you have a relationship uh, when you pray you're directly communicating you know it's you and god and it's pretty profound so increasing your prayers and focusing focusing on that relationship with god and focusing on your dot which is very important right and and making time for god just making time for god uh, will help you will help you realize that hey this is from god and god knows what's best but that's not immediate. I mean, and it's not something that you you get to a point in where you're, where you're like, okay, that's it, that's enough. I I, de- I developed a great relationship. I don't need to do anything else. No, it's something that's continuous, and you continue to work at for the rest of your life. And and I think you know when you do that, you do see results. You see wonderful results. But it's continuous effort. So you have to be willing to put in the effort to get there. I think the best thing I've ever done is invite Allah into my heart and strengthen my relationship with Allah. Because after a marriage turns into a divorce, you can become a very bitter person, a very angry person. You can cut yourself off from the world. But honestly, I realized it didn't do me any good. It did not. It it was not only was I going through a divorce, but I was also straining relationships with people that actually care about me. But once I started shifting my focus and shifting it towards Allah, I realized like, subhanAllah, like even hardships are blessings. Like I stopped even looking at a hardship as something that oh my gosh why do I deserve this why is this happening to me to thank you Allah I needed this this is the reality check I needed you know what I mean I know Alia said this in our last episode and it was such a great point she's like some people just need a tap on their shoulder to get a reminder from Allah some people need to like really be thrown into something (laughs) to really like understand like focus on Allah and just know that no matter what you go through there's a reason for it and that sounds cliche but I think with time and not with age but with maturity you do you do change your perspective on everything and mashallah you grow into an amazing person absolutely and do you think in dunya i want your opinion as well do you think that sometimes we when we do let go of a relationship that we know is toxic or negative that we're really grieving not the relationship but like the idea or the fantasy of what that relationship could have been or this idea that we kind of like made up in our head of what that person is but really isn't we discussed that yeah. you know where we said i think a lot of women and i i okay maybe i don't want to generalize this me personally i think it was it's hard to let go of something because we fear being alone because society tells us that you can should not be alone you need to be married that's an accomplishment in life and i think that's what we fear that we that's also something you tell yourself yes exactly you tell yourself right so society can tell you that and you cannot believe it but it's also something you tell yourself and you believe it but i firmly believe that expectations when you go into any relationship you have expectations of who they are and who you think they are right that's inevitable. You're going to go in. I think you're a nice person, Dunya. I think you're a very nice person. Yeah. And and then I think you're a wonderful person as well. That's my expectation. I can't help but have that. I'm human. 
So it's expectations. You want to lower your expectations going in. So you want to have a pep talk with yourself, right? Which we often forget to do, but it does help. Yeah, when they don't follow through with the majority of your expectations, you can have like, you know, just for them to be a good person, to be kind, to be sincere, to actually pick up the phone when, when you call, to care for you. Those are simple expectations that we need. They're human needs, right? So you're allowed to expect things like that. And someone can come and tell me, no, you're not allowed to. Then why would I go and get into a relationship like that if I don't want something positive? If I'm, I'm not asking for something negative. It's absolutely okay to expect that. Yeah, it's kind of like I've heard people say never meet your heroes because you walk in with all these expectations of, you know, your favorite musician, your favorite actor, then you meet them in person and it's like, oh no, this is not what I expected. Well, you know what? It's inevitable, right? And and when you do meet them, you realize that, hey, they're human and you don't expect them to be human. You expect them to be like, I don't know, saint-like, unfortunately, but they're human. That's and so I feel true. Like, yeah, sometimes it's with that. It's the same way with relationships where like you have this idea of like, oh, this guy that I'm about to talk to or whatever. And you have you build up all these things in your head and then you meet them and it's like, oh, you're not what I expected you to be. And, and I know you said walk in with low expectations. But sometimes I think we can't help but build things up in our head. No, you're right, Dana, because this is a whole different conversation that is meant to be had some other time. But I think social media distorts a person in their image because certain people act a certain way online. You know what I mean? And then when you actually meet them, they're not going to be the exact person that they are online. And a lot of relationships manifest from social media. That's how, you know, these days people meet each other. No shade. That's how you meet them. That's how you meet them. But there is that little like, like a blurred line between who they are online and who they are offline. But like I said, that's a whole different conversation but yeah, that's a great absolutely. point Zaina. i think let's just talk about self-love this was something that you we me and you shereen we talked on the phone and you made such a great statement that self-love like with motivational speakers they make it seem like it's like easy as like one two three but it's not at all so self-love is a form of personal growth right and personal growth is never easy motivational speakers will tell you something like hey you got this you can do it and and, and i look at that and i'm like it's easier said than done it's so much easier said than done you can't just you know motivate someone with a few words and expect them to love love themselves it's a tough process and it comes with something called growing pains when you think of it from a physical aspect growing pains can be painful right so when it comes to self-love you're going to go through growing pains where you love certain aspects of yourself and you hate certain aspects of yourself that you need to get rid of and you're growing you're growing into a better version of yourself and you might have trials come your way and these could be trials that are sent from god right and they're meant to teach you more about yourself and they're meant to help you grow when it comes to self-love it's this journey and you could either you know move on from certain aspects or you could continue to move forward so it's not easy but it's totally worth it You're totally right, Shireen, because I think this is something like I can speak from experience because it took me a while to love myself. It wasn't just like night and day. That's it. I'm I love myself. I went through this now. I'm going to focus on myself right away. It took time. There is a part of the journey where it's very dark, but I think it's really important. I think that's the thing. Motivational speakers kind of like make it seem so cliche. But if you sit down, you really think about this. You really need to have a relationship with yourself. You cannot just jump into an actual relationship with somebody else 
else when you don't even know what you love, what you like, who you are, what you want or anything like that, but you're expecting things from somebody else. What about setting expectations for yourself? What do you expect out of yourself? What kind of relationship? Who are you? You know what I mean? What kind of added value are you going to add to a, to a relationship if you don't even know who you, who you are as a person? So I think sometimes we expect so much from our partners. Are even our expectations even realistic? Do we even know if that's exactly what we want? Or does society tell us like, hey, you should expect this out of your partner? Well, I think also we weren't raised on this whole self-love movement. I feel like this is something that's coming about very recently and I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But as a kid, I was never taught like to really appreciate who I am and to appreciate myself. And like you were saying, Dunya, have a relationship with myself. Emma Watson came out the other day and said, I'm not single, I'm self-partnered. And oh, I'm I like, like that. Oh, I like that a lot <laughs> because you really do have to be a partner for yourself and an ally for yourself. And I just love the way she said that. You need to be your own best friend, right? And it's so important for you to be your own friend and not your own enemy. Because if you go into a relationship, whether it's a friendship or an engagement or whatever it is, and you're your own enemy, and imagine that this relationship is toxic, then you become even more of your own enemy. And and when it ends, if it does end, then that's catastrophic for you. So it's important for you to be your own friend. You always want to be close to yourself. You want to be on your own team you know, regardless of the circumstances. And hopefully it's for good reasons. Hopefully you're a good person and you're on your own team because you're a good person. That's a great point because there's also a part where I was going to ask you, Shireen, like, sometimes as women our self-esteem becomes fractured after we leave a very toxic relationship because you know when I think of toxicity of a relationship it means that they're trying to put you down and they sometimes succeed in putting you down how do you regain your self-esteem like I want the young girls that are listening to this that you know just got out of a relationship where they feel so low how are they able to just regain who they are and be happy with who they are once more no, I, I do want to go ahead and suggest counseling before I suggest anything else, because sometimes something like that can be incredibly traumatic. And just talking to yourself or talking to friends can make you just move on, but not move forward. And you can move on in the right, wrong direction. And it can also make you get over it rather than get through it. And you can, you know, when you get over it, you can get over it incorrectly. And then it resurfaces later in other relationships. So I do suggest speaking with a counselor or speaking with someone that you do value their opinion and you really look up to them for positive reasons and not kind of dealing with it on your own. It's good to reach out to people, especially if you know that you can trust them. That's I also right. think as women, we're constantly feeling like we have to be the nurturer. We have to be the protector. We have to be the people that step in and save people. But I mean, I feel like that can also damage us. We have to understand that like you can't change people if that's who he is and that's who he is and, and you kind of have to walk away. But I feel like we're constantly being pulled back in because that's just how we think. It's a human instinct, I think, because I'm the same way where you see somebody that's broken and you think it's it's your job to fix this person. But the thing is what you're doing you're spilling your cup over into who they are they're taking everything away from you it's such a huge investment to be there for this person to help them and all that stuff but who are you to help them you right. know what I mean again like maybe what they're going through is very deep and traumatic that you are not able to help them and assist them and what they're doing is kind of draining you as well and I think we try not to be selfish people but we sit in these relationships because we feel like I have to save them there's a reason why they're in my life I'm the one that's supposed to heal them be the lifesaver but you're not you feel you're not. guilty who said that you never said 
sign up for that. You would sign up for a partnership, not a, where you're just aiding this person and helping them heal. That's not what you signed up for. And I wonder how many people, how many ladies specifically have gotten into relationships and sticked in relationships because they feel guilty and they feel like they have to stick it, stick it out and they, they feel bad for the person that they're with. I do want to say that it's not just ladies that go through that. Also, men go through that too, you know? So it's partners in general getting into a relationship like that. And and I want to mention a few things. You can't pour from an empty cup. So when you feel like your cup is empty, remember that your cup is empty and that'll help you kind of put things into perspective. You can't ever fix people, especially if a person doesn't want to change. It's not your job to fix them because then you're going to drain yourself even more. People are sometimes blessings, but they're also sometimes trials. So they come into your life for a reason, that's for sure. But not everyone is meant to stay. And that's something that you need to recognize over time. And sometimes you force it. And when you force it, you feel pressure. So recognize that pressure and recognize why that pressure exists. I think you said this, mentioned it before, but I think maybe counseling would be also great for this next question. Somebody had like, how do you not allow the toxicity of a past relationship seep into your present relationship? I think sometimes we carry forward things that should that are not meant to be carried because you're dealing with two different people. If it's incredibly toxic, the toxins basically have gotten into your system. You really need to speak to a counselor, speak to someone that's professional and get the help you need to get it out. And, you know, counseling isn't, it's not, people look at it as a negative thing, right? It's not a negative thing. It's wonderful. Even people that aren't struggling go to counseling to kind of have self-actualization and it's great. But when you're in a situation like that, you really need to speak to a professional and you really need to get the help that you deserve so that you have the capacity to get into a new relationship. Because I feel like, I mean, if someone who has been in a relationship with that person is constantly lying to them and it's and they get into a new relationship, they're always going to have that trust issue thing follow them around. They're never going to believe their partner. So, I mean, I think we look at relationships as like fresh starts, but you can't have a fresh start if you're constantly bringing in that baggage from your previous relationship. You need to unload the baggage 100%. You need to comprehend what's in the baggage, right? And and you need to take apart the baggage and then you need to have a clean bag going in. And I think sometimes when it also comes to closure, I don't know if it's necessary to get it. I think, I think personally, I think it's necessary to, to get the closure that you need before jumping into another relationship or marriage. But sometimes I think the way we view a, a closure is like we wait on it for so long because we're waiting for that person to give us the apology that we deserve. That's the problem. Yes. Or even just accountability. What if this person thinks they were in the right? Are you literally going to wait the rest of your life for this apology and just sit there? You know what I mean? It's really hard. So you're basically going to die waiting because closure is something you give yourself no one gives you closure sometimes also like we don't need that apology i think sometimes we just need to understand that if allah is merciful he he wants his creations to also be merciful too so maybe just show that person mercy and understand that they're going through something like i guess it's going back to giving them the benefit of the doubt just make sure you're just ending this relationship without choosing to stay in it and giving them the benefit of the doubt when you know it's toxic sometimes people's minds don't help them unfortunately and they work against them. You could say that the mind is in the brain, but I feel like the mind is in the heart. You make these decisions and, and they come from the heart. I read this great book and I wish I had the title of it, but the, it did say that your heart has a mind of its own. And it was an Islamic book and it was so beautiful. And I'm gonna, yeah, I have to share scholar, it. I can't remember his name. There's a scholar that said that I want it. I'm in between two scholars right now. They're both amazing. And he said that and totally agree with it 100%. I feel like the mind is in the heart. 
it's just like whatever you do, I don't think you should diminish your good character. If you're a good person, don't allow the actions of somebody else to bring you down to their level. I think that's also something that's very hard to do. It's much easier said than done. But hold on to your good character as, as much as you can, because I think that's the really important part. Hold on to your integrity, basically, you know, and, and having integrity in relationships. I feel like sometimes the integrity gets drained when you're dealing with someone that's not so nice. And even then you want to hold on to it even tighter. So I remember once I, I, I made friends with a girl and I felt like she was testing my integrity <laughs> and it wasn't a long lasting friendship. Literally it was, we were friends for like a month or two and, and the way it ended was just like, it was from her end and I was working full time and, you know, and I, I stuck to my integrity. Like, and I, and I was, I was glad that the friendship ended because it was, it was not suitable for me. And I know what I want in a friendship. Right. So when it ended, I was like, Alhamdulillah, it ended. And, you know, and it was positive. And I was very nice about it. And I was like, wow, I held on to my integrity. And that is more valuable to me than any friendship I'll have. SubhanAllah, maybe that was literally the, her sole purpose of coming into your life, just to remind you of your good character and to just hold on to it no matter what tribulations that you face. I think also when it comes to marriages and relationships, we do have to pay attention to our hearts and our minds. And I feel like when you're with the wrong person, you're in those two entities of you are in always a constant battle. And you should never, I'm not telling you to be in a perfect relationship, but your heart will never hurt or they'll never affect you. There's going to be fights with your significant other, even if they're the ones meant for you. But if your heart and your mind is constantly at battle that's not the way to live that's not okay for the rest of your life to feel this way i think there has to be a happy yes it's not sustainable at all it will take a toll and and the, the emotional becomes physical so you really need to take care of your mental health and your mental well-being so you're right dunya you're a genius thanks girl no it's because i had like two hour sessions with shereen so this is all from you girl i love her. i love her <laughs> But I feel like when it comes to ending a relationship, it kind of is like mourning that person because that person is not going to be in your life. You know what I mean? So how can we successfully in health, like in a healthy way, get over someone? You know, I think it's a process. And the process begins with accepting that this is part of God's plan. And like Dunya said, letting God in. And so you need to accept. And, and you know what? Also accepting your emotions. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be upset and kind of feel the emotions, go through the emotions. It's wonderful to go through emotions. It's painful, but you're going to thank yourself so much later and you let yourself feel everything. So feel everything. Um, when you're mourning, feel it, let yourself feel it. It's painful, but it's also beautiful in a sense that you're feeling something so profoundly and so deep because that's the, you know, feelings I believe come from God. Like God puts a feeling in your heart for a reason. So let yourself feel it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, I'm not going to say just women, but I feel like a lot of people don't allow themselves to feel that grief because they don't want other people to see them as weak or see them as like crying over someone that they ended a relationship with because they just don't want to be seen like that. You're so right. You're so right. And that's so frustrating. That's part of what I do on Dear Shireen, right? Is kind of like revolutionizing emotions. I want you to feel and I want you to understand that it's absolutely okay and it's strengthening to feel. Because when you feel, you move forward. And I, I think we went through the stages of grief, losing a friendship, then losing a marriage. But I think losing a loved one is on a whole different pedigree. I think this is an actual loss that is that's physical. That's I mean, this person is gone. And I 
I'm really sorry from the bottom of my heart, Shireen, that you went yeah, through a loss of a parent. And I know we've had a, a couple of guests on here where they've shared their, you know, their story about losing a parent. I, I think it just, it never gets easy. It never gets easy hearing that. And I just hope that your dad does enter the highest of heavens, inshallah. inshallah. But yeah. if you can just choose to share with us whatever you're comfortable with sharing with us when it comes to losing your dad, Allah I hope Julie listens to this because Julie, uh, Julie is a, was a good friend of mine and she mentioned something. So my friend Julie lost her mom to cancer over 10 years ago. And when I lost my dad, uh, she was friends with my, my dad. She knew my dad. My dad was friends with everyone. He was a profound human being. So when I lost my dad, she said, hey, she's like, this is something that you're going to, you know, I mentioned it earlier. You're going to get through. You're never going to get over it. And it's something that you get through. And she is so right. It's something that you get through. And and it taught me that grief transforms and it molds, right? And and it's it's ever changing. It turns into different forms, but it can also be something that's absolutely beautiful. And when you grieve, I realized you grieve because you love someone, and that's a different form of love that you're giving to them because they're no longer there. So grief in itself is amazing. It's profound. It's beautiful. It's a deep feeling that you have for someone. And it's also a reminder to pray for them. You're grieving them for a reason. You're grieving them because you love them. I completely agree with everything you just said, Shireen. But there's also a point in our lives where I feel like when we're trying to come to terms with losing somebody, it's almost like we almost, almost lose sight of our faith in God. I feel like we almost kind of have this anger in us because we're trying to, like I said, it's part of grieving. You said anger is part of grieving. And sometimes we shift that anger to our creator. And it's the worst thing that you could do. I think maybe that's not the right word to say the worst thing, but it's, it happens. Sometimes it's inevitable, but you have to catch yourself. But how do we not lose sight of our faith and God when we do go through losing somebody as close as our parents? So I think uh, loss teaches you a lot about your relationship with God and it tells you where you stand with God. And it's a reminder to you that you need to strengthen your relationship. And it can also remind you that, hey, you have a pretty good relationship with God and you got to keep going, you know? And uh, when I lost my dad, it was the closest that I've ever felt with God. So I remember someone asking me if, uh, I, if I had the opportunity to do things differently, uh, would I change them? Would I change, you know, not? And, and have my dad around and if I could. And I was like, firstly, I couldn't because you know, what God wills, he does. That's absolutely okay with me. Secondly, it strengthened my relationship with God. It taught me so much about how beautiful it is to have a relationship with God and how blessed we are to have his mercy. So that was the strongest I felt, you know. And, but I, I do think that, say it's in reverse, say someone doesn't have a relationship with God. So when you get angry, that kind of, you know, it, it teaches you that, hey, maybe I've stepped away from God for too long and maybe I need to get closer. And then maybe I'm also in denial and need to accept that loss is inevitable, that, hey, death is going to happen regardless. And well, who am I to expect that it, I'd never lose someone? Exactly. It's kind of like our, our test from God. It's how are we going to... How are we going to navigate this? How are we going to handle this? Uh, how are we going to deal with this? Are we going to toward uh, move toward Allah or are we going to move away from him? And I feel like that's just his way of testing us. There, I know there are people who have shared with me when they've lost a loved one or something, that feeling of immense regret that they didn't get to spend enough time with their parents or their grandparents or whatnot. And I just, how can we help these people navigate this loss without feeling the guilt? Because we do, sometimes we feel like, when when you lose somebody you it's like a reality check you realize like wow life is actually short i know people have been telling me this all my life but wow it really is short how can they navigate or move away 
from this feeling of immense guilt that maybe they didn't do enough for their parents or their grandparents or their loved ones that passed away. So you want to understand, is this guilt well-placed or is it guilt because you're a really nice person that, you know, feels like you really, even if you spent 24 hours a day with someone, it's never enough. So I think um, distinguishing between the two is important, but also accepting that it's part of the past and it's something that happened and you need to let it go. You need to let it go and you need to ask, I guess, God for forgiveness if you feel like you really did let them down and you need to let it go. And if it's really, really difficult for you to let it go, meet with a grief counselor. Talk to someone that can help you let it go. Don't put that entire burden on yourself and try to get through it because sometimes it's so, so difficult to untangle. Oh, that's a great point. Before we even jump into, because I know we were going to talk about like the whole line where, he's, where it says like God will not burden a soul more than it can handle. I feel like somebody had a great question too. And you and I talked about this too, Shireen, in regards to in-laws. Sometimes somebody might have an issue, either it's a guy or a girl, they might have an issue with their in-laws. How do they also navigate that problem? And you said such a great point in regards to our in-laws and the relationship that we have with them, if you don't mind sharing that right now. So you, you develop a relationship with your spouse, right? And say you've known them for months or you've known them for years, you're engaged to them maybe say for two years or something. You took that time to develop a relationship with them because that was your priority. When you enter into a relationship, yeah, they do become family, but you don't have that relationship just yet. So you can't expect things to be perfect. You can't expect them to be your best friend. And they're also inclined to look out for their kids, right? They want to make sure that their kids married the right person. So they're going to be protective. They're going to want to, you know, look out for every little thing. And that's absolutely normal. It's human instinct. So it's more important for you to focus on wanting to develop a relationship with you. And relationships take time, especially solid relationships. They don't happen overnight. Yeah, you can't expect your mother-in-law to fall in love with you overnight just because her son she might did. Be your best friend overnight. She might love you, but but it takes it's still a relationship you should still develop regardless if it starts out on a good foot or on a bad foot. It's still a relationship that if you really want to stay in this family and everything, I think that there should be also like boundaries. Like I think no matter what, at the end of the day, you should always respect your in-laws. Oh, of course. Even if they don't respect you, let's just say they don't. I think you should create boundaries because I don't think you should ever disrespect them. It kind of goes back to keeping your integrity. If you, you, you are someone who respects people, don't let, if someone's treating you negative, like negative towards you or treating you bad, you can't expect like yourself to change because of that. Keep your integrity, stay true to who you are. If you respect people, then respect everyone. It's for your sake. You're doing it for your sake because it'll come to defend you later when you have your integrity and you maintain it later on, it'll vouch for you. Absolutely. And and you said something earlier. It's like you're getting into this family. You can't expect it to be perfect. I mean, how can you expect getting into a new family to be perfect if sometimes relationships within our own family aren't perfect? We, we all argue with our moms. We all argue with our brothers. You're going to have that miscommunication with your in-laws because you don't know them yet. Great point, Zaina. Yeah. Really great point. Honestly, I agree. That's why I think it's a relationship that you should really like take your time with. Don't just like throw it in the fire just because right away you don't get along don't with your in-laws. Don't analyze every action or reaction because that, you know, you might come to realize that, hey, um, an action of, or a reaction of theirs is actually a positive thing. It's not a negative thing, you know, but, but then again, at the same time, it might be that they do something negative and, and that might be, you know, concerning. And that's something 
something that you could discuss with your spouse if it's of concern, of course. I want to talk, Shereen, about sympathy versus empathy. And I really want to understand the difference between these two. And I think you're you're like the perfect person to explain them. What is the major difference between empathy and sympathy? And how can we show more empathy? So empathy is putting yourself in another person's shoes, right? And really feeling their pain. And empathy comes from experience. Might not be the same exact experience, but it is from experience. And so the more experience you have, or even like with me going to counseling school, right, it taught me a lot about empathy because I was counseling clients that have gone through certain scenarios. So I was really understanding what they were going through. Um, But also I can empathize with grief because I lost my dad and my mom was ill. So I can empathize with someone whose mom is ill or their sibling is ill or their friend is ill. So that's what empathy is. Empathy is kind of taking on, you can take on someone's emotions and feel them as if they're your own. Sympathy is a feeling for someone like, oh, I, I feel, I'm really sorry, basically. Somewhat feeling sorry for someone, but sympathy is temporary. You'll only show up for so long because that's sympathy, right? Empathy is a lot more long-term. Empathy can be very draining if you don't take care of yourself at the same time. So there's a huge difference between them. Sometimes we do need some sympathy. If it's an acquaintance that's sympathizing with you over a loss, the sympathy is nice. They'll send you some flowers and they'll carry on, right? But we don't necessarily need sympathy from a close friend. So empathy is more personal. Like I've gone through something so that I can feel the way that you're feeling. I understand what you're feeling. Everyone should be able to empathize, you know, like, but not everyone can with certain things um you can blame them from some aspects but you can't always blame them because especially when it's something so profound and deep it's tough for them to fully comprehend it thank you for that because i really i always got confused between the two but it's also because i didn't take the time to really research to see the difference but that was a great way to explain it yeah like the whole definition of empathy and everything about it like i just think empathy is this amazing you know, thing that you can experience. So. Exactly. And that's why I said earlier, hardships are also blessings, I think, in disguise, because they allow you to feel for the other person to truly feel because you 100%. went through it. You're so right. Yes, absolutely. That's the only reason why I think I can empathize with people. And it took me a while to be able to empathize. You do have to go through certain things to really understand maybe not the same exact experiences, because all of our lives are different. They're uni- unique to us, all of our hardships and blessings. But there's still that little foundation where like, I, I understand what you're going through. But like you said, it you have to make sure you don't drain yourself when you're empathizing. You can't take on their problems, but just understand what they're going through and empathize with them. You have to have boundaries, right? And you have to have limits uh, with how much you empathize with a person. And you have to be mentally prepared to take on a scenario like that, right? If someone comes to you and they need your empathy and you need to understand what you can handle and what you can't handle. If you can't handle a phone call in the middle of the night, Let them know that, hey, I'm going to call you in the morning and we can discuss it. Whatever is on your mind, I'm here for you. But don't go overboard because then you drain yourself and you become resentful of them. I think all these points were great. And I really want to thank you, Shreen, for going through all this. Thank you. But but before we leave, one last thing, and I think this is what I want to leave off on, is forgiveness. And we don't have to dive deep into it, but I, I... do want to discuss forgiveness in a way is like, is there a proper way of doing this? Is there a proper way of understanding how to forgive somebody? And I do understand, I I believe there are many layers to forgiveness. So what are, what are your thoughts on that? So I've, I've written about forgiveness because I think forgiveness is pretty profound, right? And, and the, the most important thing that you need to remember is you're forgiving for the sake of God and you're also forgiving for your own sake. So forgiveness 
makes you feel good. When you forgive, you let go of a lot, right? When you don't forgive, you hold on to so much anger, so much resentment, so much pain, and, and that hurts you. You'll hear people say, I'm not giving them my forgiveness. They don't deserve my forgiveness, but it's not for them. The forgiveness is for you. They, they get a small portion. They realize that you've let go, but forgiveness is something you give yourself. It's this, it's this amazing blessing that you give yourself, and forgiveness does come in layers. The most important layer is forgiving yourself. I was going to say that because I feel like sometimes it's easier to forgive people who hurt us than to forgive ourselves. We're constantly reminding ourselves of this this bad thing that we did or like constantly thinking of those times where like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Why did I do that? But learning to forgive yourself, I think, is something that's hard, but like so essential in, in moving on and feeling good within. We've, we completely forget to forgive ourselves. We hold on to so much. We have resentment towards our own selves. And I think that's the worst thing that you can do, honestly. But it's also part of the self-growth, like we were talking about earlier. And that's a great point, Zaina. And I, I just think that for me, when I forgive, it's a way for me to heal. So I like that you did say that, Shireen, because the person that you're forgiving, they're not going to know. What are you going to send them a text? and like, I forgive you. I mean, yes, you can do that. But sometimes <laughs> when you do forgive somebody, they're never going to know that you forgave them or not. So it does essentially go back to you. This is for you this is part of your healing process your healing journey and for you to be able to open up the next chapter you have to leave off on that note absolutely it's a form of mercy forgiveness is mercy and we all need you know mercy if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful and forgives everyone why is it so hard for me to forgive myself or to forgive you you know it kind of puts things into perspective and shows you the bigger picture it's just not worth it in the end like it's so much easier when you do forgive yourself and I know that it's tough and it's a process but the process is worth it it's so worth it when you reach that point when you work hard at it at accepting yourself it's all about self-acceptance right when you work hard at it you realize that hey forgiving myself is great and forgiving others is great because it makes me feel better inside and hey it also leaves them with a more positive note of you you know whether they continue into your life or not, they realize that, hey, if you do forgive them and they don't continue, then they realize that, you know, they're not worth as much as they thought they were. And if they do continue, they realize that, hey, you're a pretty merciful human being and you don't have the capacity in your heart for anger and negativity because you're on this mission to continue moving forward. We talked about so much and this conversation was very healing. And I always enjoy just, well, I I always enjoy sitting down with somebody and getting their perspective on topics that I'm constantly thinking about. You guys are more than welcome to call me and talk about emotions and everything. I don't mean, me and Dana are always getting these free sessions here. (laughs) We're so lucky. Honestly, like I do want to have you back on because I feel like there's so much more that we can discuss. And um, yeah, and I feel like we're going to schedule that soon. Yeah, yeah, we're going to figure something out with you Shireen so to our listeners whoever are listening if you really enjoyed this session inshallah there's more to come with this but for the people that are listening and they are enjoying what you're saying and they do find you to be healing and helpful where can they find you Shireen so they can find me on Instagram um, Dear Shireen and my website is www.dearshireen.com you know I also have an international team of writers who are amazing they're all pretty experienced in their own fields, mashallah, and they are contributors on the website that write occasionally as well. And they write some 
pretty wonderful content. So that's amazing because I, I know about your Instagram. I want to check out your website, but your Instagram is also a healing tool in itself because mashallah, your captions are My baby. very <laughs> thorough. Yeah. And I like that. I like that. It's almost like a blog in itself. So we'll definitely link your Instagram and the website, especially because you also As have a, a writer, team. I really do appreciate that. So thank you so much. Writing is something that I take seriously and, you know, take to heart. So whenever someone does compliment it, Allah, just makes my day. I think no, from another creative, yeah, from another creative to another creative, I think people see the end product, but they don't know the blood, sweat, and tears that go into something like that. So they might see just a caption and, ooh, this is a profound caption, but they don't know how much you had to take out of yourself to be able to write that. You know what I mean? Because you're also trying to help other people. So thank you so much, Shireen. You. you are my so pleasure. amazing. We um, love you so much. Thank you. And keep doing what you do. You are benefiting women in so many ways. It's wonderful. Thank, thank you, girl. You, Welcome back to our unfiltered afterthoughts. Something that I really, I think I'm going to take away from this experience with talking with Shireen was the fact that we can grieve over things that are actual things. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be actually losing someone, a loved one, but we can grieve over losing experiences, losing friends, losing relationships. It's okay to feel sad and it's okay to go through that process of quote unquote, grieving over something. I think grieving and forgiving, that those are the two things that sometimes we kind of find it hard to navigate. We don't know how to navigate it, but it's because we think we're doing it wrong. But I don't think there's no wrong way of grieving. And no. I sometimes even forgiveness. We did talk about like, when it comes to forgiveness, you should believe that it's for you more so than for the other person. So maybe there is a wrong way to forgive or how about not forgiving is the wrong route to go down? Yeah, because I feel like like she was saying that you're only hurting yourself when you're not forgiving someone because you're carrying around that weight, that negativity, that cloud of just just toxic feelings. And it becomes a part of you when you carry it around for so long. So forgiving doesn't benefit the other person. It benefits you. And then when it comes to losing friendships and relationships and all that stuff, I think the most important thing and what like kind of tied everything together was communication. But she also said like communication is nothing without comprehension. You got to understand what the person is saying, like what you're trying to say and what they're saying too. You can't just talk. Communication yeah. isn't talking. It's also kind of soaking up what they're saying as well. And I think that's something we live in a day and age where um, I know a previous guest has said this, where it's like we can easily like block and delete somebody out of our lives and i think we're starting to do that in real life where we don't know the art of communicating anymore we just that's it oh we're done with being friends cool i'm done that's it but what about the communication what happened there you know what i mean are you just gonna end on that note because you can talk and talk and talk for hours and then not achieve anything because i feel like sometimes we're just so stubborn and in our own heads that like i don't want to hear what you have to say just listen to what i have to say but when both parties are acting like that it's just useless. Like, it's just a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. Like, actually, if you really want to save a relationship or you really want to heal, I feel like you have to go in with an open like open ear and open heart yeah but look that's exactly what i was saying like yeah. we even skipped the communication yeah, part yeah. we literally just exit evacuate that's it like i don't know i feel like we're so uncomfortable with communicating with one another i think is it because maybe we lack that self-love that we don't know how to even communicate to that person like what we expect out of them like do we think that we're asking for too much sometimes and I so it's just better just so. to leave 
silently i think so and i think it's also we don't want to put ourselves out there no. like it's just hiding our emotions we yes. never want to be the one that's too emotional we or have too such invested fragile egos sometimes yeah. Yeah. our ego destroys everything yes ego and pride i'm telling you guys it's the worst recipe it's the worst relationship you could have is having your ego and pride be best friends mm. like get rid of those two things because it really doesn't help you at all but i think also like you grow as a person and i loved when shireen said that like sometimes with age it doesn't mean that you become riser it's all about maturity that's right. really what it is i've met people in their 30s and it's like whoa like are, are you in your 20s what are, are you really 30 <laughs> you're stuck it's in the past yeah, yeah it's really hard so sometimes it does it, it all comes back down to maturity and i think that's the really important factor right there Another thing that I really enjoyed was when she talked about moving forward. You can't really move on from something that really, really hurt you. But moving forward, you're kind of like you still have that those feelings, but you're learning to live life with those feelings. I think this episode was one of my favorites because I feel like things like this that kind of affect everyone and where we get to come to a point where we can sit down and talk to somebody about them. It's great. So I, I love these free therapy sessions and I really enjoyed Shireen and all the knowledge that she had. But you guys, this is just a very small glimpse of who she is and what she can share because if you go on her um, Instagram, Dear Shireen, which we're going to link, you're going to love all of her posts. They're very meaningful and I was able to relate to every one of them because as humans, we go through so much, so many different emotions, you know what I mean? So many different hardships. So it's nice to have somebody that you don't know kind of assist you with this you know what i mean and give her perspective on it and mashallah her perspective is amazing she has so much to offer and i definitely want to bring her back on because i feel like i can learn so much from her yeah a lot of our supporters had so many questions but unfortunately we can't fit all those questions into one and sometimes they're not all related so it would be all over the place so we're going to sit down with shireen once more a couple more times i think we're going to figure something out between us and her and how we can better approach all of these questions and get everybody's um, questions answered and i yeah, think this would be a great that. segment to start doing so as always i really hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you can share it if you guys can support us in any which way that you can even just by word of mouth really we don't even really want want to rely just on social media to get our podcast out there but i really hope like by word of mouth you can share this with somebody else that might benefit from our stories so as always make sure you guys give us the five star reviews Please. we've been getting so much and i'm so happy it honestly makes, you guys don't understand like you think we're just saying this but it really does like make our day when especially like when we're at work and we're sitting at our desk and we're just like over it and then seeing that it's like okay like it's worth it. It's, it is. It totally is. So again, I hope you guys enjoy this episode and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye.